three, three, two, two, one. one. It's time for the show. Action. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present, of everyday people. And now, here's your host, the one and only. Asher Chua. I just kept thinking that in the back of my mind. I was like, I know we just met, but the conversation was so authentic and flowing. And you were telling me about yourself growing up in the area and things like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is the reason why I started doing like the <laughs> podcasting thing. And I'm like, that's the reason why I want to do real estate and to use that as a way to build this other thing. And I was like, the more I thought about it and I, the same thing happened before. And I was talking with somebody and I was like, you know, I'm glad you said, yeah, because otherwise the moment would have come and gone and you'd have almost forgotten about it. And I didn't find your number until I got my phone changed and I had to go and pull all the older files. So then in pulling all oh, the older really? files, it found the messages. And I guess there must have been an unread message because we were on the rooftop um, taking yeah. a picture. And then you saw you see the background of uh, DC and it shows you like the, the skyline and things. And you're pointing out to me, oh yeah, that's that area and that's that area. And I was like, oh, wow. And this whole time in my mind, like it's 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 crazy. Like it is. Like you were saying, twenty twenty was uh, is a lot, but it was. Yeah, it was. But hey, we survived. (laughs) We're still here. Yeah, that's true. That's. That's one of those takeaways where you're just like, well, it's worth something. It's not maybe yes. it didn't go the way you wanted, but you you got something from it. And geez, it like, definitely did not go the way that we had planned because we right. had planned on being in a whole different track. <laughs> but I'm glad that, um, like I said, I didn't take that opportunity because I think that it would have been a financial hardship mm. um, because of COVID, because people can't pay their rent. You True. know, people have lost their jobs. And so, and my heart goes out to all those people. And I understand the owners also, right? Because we would have been owners renting to other people. Right. And I understand how it is on both sides. I understand the arguments on both sides. So I can't choose like who's right or who's wrong. Right, right. Because because I know both sides of it. <laughs> so it's, um, I'm just thankful that I'm not in a situation like that where, you know, I have to decide on whether or not I can afford to keep this property or if I have to have people evicted. So true. And I'm thankful for that. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, when you put it that way, it's, it's really something to, uh, to be thankful for and grateful for, because I, I remember I was so excited leading into the start of 2020 because I just, for the last six months, I'd been kind of uh, shaking off the cobwebs, trying to figure out what I should do next. I finally <laughs> picked a hobby that I felt like I could do and do well. And then I was like, you know, it'd be nice to eventually turn it into a business. So it's like I got busy, got mm-hmm. got on the, the knowledge track, doing the research through YouTube, obviously figuring mm-hmm. out with some friends, like what's the best approach here? Just trying to do the best I could with what I had. Like mm-hmm. I almost forgot I went and I bought that sign and I had, oh, cool. I had, I had the whiteboard <laughs> up there for the longest time. And... <laughs> 
it just it didn't look good and i guess what i had it up there for originally it didn't work out like that mm -hmm. and uh i just remembered when I'm, I'm going through digging through stuff and trying to figure out i was like oh yeah i could put that up at least i'm, I'm gonna be here temporarily but it's something to look at and it's something right. that's like right. i bought it to inspire myself to say okay like don't forget where you come from and like mm -hmm. Also, and not forgetting where you come from, like, remember that you're not you're not going to stay there forever. So plan to go somewhere else, like keep that in your mind. And whenever I look at you, I, I see that in the back and I'm like, <laughs> OK, like we're still we're still on track. But yeah. I guess back to to the uh, January of last year, going to the, the conference, I'd heard about it from other people that were excited about the process and I was like man that's a lot of good information okay I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna talk with um, the realtor friend that I just made talk to last last mm -hmm. month and this month mm -hmm. and she was very honest and just gave me kind of like a reality check which is there's no point in us going and looking at houses until you get your income back right because I just transitioned mm -hmm. from one job to another and I was like well I'm supposed to start at some point I, I still don't know it'd been three months and like I hadn't heard anything back so I get off the plane from dc mm -hmm. make the phone call i was like i want to go see houses and it's right? like no you, you can't go see houses because like we've got to establish a consistent source of income like you need two current pay stubs and i was like dang you're right but i was like i didn't want to hear that i know, <laughs> so I, know. I just carried that with me and i was like like, okay, I'm going to start the job at some point, but the real estate thing's on hold after mm -hmm. another year and didn't know anything about COVID. So, but. I know, and I think back to that too, because I was working, the people that we were meeting with there, I mm -hmm. started working with them mm -hmm. and they found a property for me mm -hmm. and I had not had a chance to look at it. And mm -hmm. so they went and looked at it and um, I actually found it and it was a fixer-upper. Mm -hmm. um, I looked at all the pictures, I actually contacted the realtor who was selling the property and made arrangements with him to go right. see the property. He um, actually works for the government during the day and does real estate, you know, after hours. Right. And it was getting dark and he had to work late. Mm -hmm. And so he said, I'll meet you there, but it's going to be an hour later. And mm -hmm. I said, well, wait, does the property have electricity? Can we turn on lights? And yeah. he said, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay it's gonna be dark yeah <laughs> so i'd rather not do that and this was around noon time so he mm -hmm. started contacting some of his other realtor friends who could show me the property yeah. and they all had day jobs so the mm -hmm. earliest we could ever meet anybody was like six o'clock and i was like no it's kind of too dark at that point to go right. see a house that doesn't have electricity right but the group that we were working with apparently they went out to check it out and they were like oh yeah this is a great property for you but one of the rooms, one of the bedrooms mm -hmm. literally had no ceiling. Mm -hmm. And in some of the pictures, yeah. it looked like it was mold around the baseboards in Ooh. several rooms. And so I was talking to them about it. They were like, oh, no, that's a quick fix. And I was like, quick as in how much? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's relative. Right. <laughs> I said, you're in this business and you've been doing it for decades. I'm new to this business. So we may have different budgets. In <laughs> right. But um, and they they were working on getting like an estimate or something. And I just did not feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Something inside said, no, this isn't it. And I 
And I told him, I said, I want to make a deal. I want to do it now. I want to get into this process. And so, and I think they were like going with me step by step. And then Mm -hmm. I just put a complete stop on it, not understanding why. And, um, and now I know it's like this whole COVID thing was brewing and I'm glad that I procrastinated. Normally I'm mad at myself for procrastinating. But in that instance, I was like, yes, because I would have been um, on the hook for the renovations, mm-hmm. you know, uh, buying the property, then finding, you know, um, families to rent, you know, the property. And then that whole process of me being responsible, right. you know, financially for the property, plus my condo that I have now. So mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if I want to be in that position. <laughs> I just did not feel comfortable. So I um I decided against that property. Yeah. See, so you just I, never know. Procrastination sometimes works in your favor. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. I guess the, so. This was um this must have been this time last year, February, because like yeah. the, the yeah. meetup, the conference thing was January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. yeah. And they had a and they did a local um, meetup. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was very beneficial. They were honest, though. They said that the model that was used in Chicago would not work in D.C. Gotcha. Um, in Chicago, you can find a property, you know, for under a hundred thousand. In D.C., that's not going to happen. Mm. It's not going to happen. The prices in D.C. have just, you know, gone through the roof. And so, um, and they were honest with us. They were like, mm-hmm. that model is not going to work here, but we can find you properties in surrounding areas. And so what the property that I actually ended up wanting to purchase was actually out in the suburbs. So, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I guess but, the when you, oh, my bad. I was just oh going to say when you were talking about the that room that didn't have the ceiling, it almost reminded me of the place we saw where like the <laughs> ceiling was caving in. Yes. And it was like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, you, you went in and like in some places it's like the smell is so bad and i think one of the places that i looked at with the realtor before i went to the conference was was almost like that and it was like well we both looked at it and it's like it's one of those where you can live in one area and then work on the other part but you've got to really know yourself if you're the type of person that can live in that mm-hmm. condition or know that okay i'm going to be starting a new job and at the same time be able to coordinate with a contractor or be able to do mm-hmm. some of this myself and it was just like i, I was like no, no. i've got to be honest maybe i think it in my head but i'm i'm not ready for that yet and beforehand i was looking at maybe I should do wholesaling. So I bought a course with someone um, that was maybe, I think like 40 bucks. So Mm -hmm. it was like significantly different from the the other one. But um, what I liked about the process was kind of going through, it's like, okay, well, here's a contract. Here's a base contract of like what you need to write in order to be dealing with somebody. Because I guess when people think wholesaling, it's like, that's, uh, it can be very sketchy and it's like, you can do it right. Because essentially it's like, you are the go between, Mm -hmm. between somebody that's trying to sell a property and someone that's trying to purchase the property. So it's like in that case, you're not on the hook for the property, but you have to be the right person to attract the right people to where you're not trying to do like shady deals and like, okay, I'm going to hold this property over here for 50 grand. And then this other person's looking at it for 40. It's like, there's a clean negotiation that can come out of that, but I can quickly see where it goes sideways. And it's like, you start making promises that you can't deliver on. And then all of a sudden it's like, you're probably in a whole other ordeal. I know. And I remember them, you know, going through that part of the course and that really concerned me because I could see how it's beneficial because when Mm -hmm. people are in trouble, 
and they need to sell their property. You're that person, right? You're there to help them. But on the other end, when they were saying that they were driving around, scoping out property, (laughs) so I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) But I mean, it's like, (laughs) that's... I mean, in, in a sense, it's like, that's what, I guess that's what a realtor would do. But in a sense, it's like, you have to do that in a smart way, because especially if you'd see what happens in the news, not just last year, but almost every year you see cases, especially with people that are black or people of color, where it's like, you might just be minding your own business, looking to buy a house for yourself, but somebody would be like, what are you doing? Right. So it's like, you got to be careful with that. Maybe take exactly. someone with you or just mm-hmm. like you're lingering too long somebody might get curious and exactly. thinking like there's an unusual person in my neighborhood <laughs> right and then on in that case if you don't have any kind of like validation on you that could turn into a whole another situation or if you think you're going to go the route of like well i'm american i deserve to be here it's like no but like but you have I don't know. You have to be cautious. And right. I understand the argument. Yes, we're all Americans, but we're not all treated fairly. Right. Right. So, and that. Yeah. But, but yes. My bad. I, I, I keep cutting. <laughs> off. I was just going to say, I think I from that perspective, I see your point. But if, if you wanted to elaborate more on that, um, definitely do. Well, no, I think honestly, I think if it was a fair playing field mm-hmm. that um we could truly advance in that part of it the the wholesale part of it but you're right there are certain areas that i wouldn't feel comfortable going in in this metropolitan area right Mm -hmm. because um of all the circumstances that we've gone through especially in the past year yeah if you're an unusual face or unfamiliar face in a particular area or neighborhood you just don't know how people are going to react to that these days and so and and you're right as a wholesaler you don't have any valid credentials to say this is what i'm doing you know i'm actually out here trying to help people they don't and they probably don't know what a wholesaler is have never even heard of that and so that puts you in a more, um, I guess, um, disadvantaged situation, especially if the police are called. Right. No, right. Wait, what are you doing here? <laughs> but <laughs> I guess, <laughs> right. I guess the reason I, I kind of interjected or when I got to the conference, I felt a little bit more comfortable about it was mm-hmm. by starting going through the other person's course who had purchased beforehand. And okay. he kind of explained that um, what the purpose of a wholesaler is like being able to break it down and give it to you in a written format to where when you do run into that person you can explain oh this is what's going on that's great and that way it's like you're having the conversation with them to where it helps you to get the person that's extra curious that wants to call the police because then it's like if um First and foremost, the preparation that I that you're getting from the course mm-hmm. puts you in the right mindset. And at least this is what you're going in with. Like circumstances are still circumstances, like right. bad things. Like I guess they say Murphy's Law. But I think with at least the basic preparation that I got from watching the three first videos, I was like, huh, I guess I could do that. And I think at one stage I did do that um, when it came into just being curious about properties. It's like, OK, maybe I'm not from this neighborhood. Like I was in Augusta uh, at the start of 2019. Mm-hmm. And like, if you know Augusta, Augusta, Georgia, that's where they hold mm-hmm. the Masters every year. The mm-hmm. big golf tournament. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's there's a. So like Augusta is actually split between Georgia and South Carolina. So like the South Carolina part of Augusta, they call it North Augusta. And it's like there's 
there's certain neighborhoods throughout that are always like the nicer neighborhoods, but at least from, it's probably like on 13th street or something right around the downtown area. When you cross over this bridge, that's basically the Savannah river between mm -hmm. Georgia and South Carolina, you can see these properties that just look like pristine. They're right there on the water. Somebody can drive up with their boat and whatnot. So it's like, <laughs> That's probably the type of neighborhood where before I would always think like, okay, well, I don't want to just drive through there just kind of wondering where somebody would, would come up and ask you like, can I help you? Right. Like, <laughs> right. Or it's like, oh, I'm here to see a friend. But I think either it came from that, from watching the course on the wholesaling thing to where I was like, okay, well, um, one thing you're encouraged to do is to drive around and look, you look for a certain type of property because it's like, mm -hmm. those are the ones people are trying to get rid of. And then I was like, okay, well, if you see obviously an affordable sell property or someone's trying to rent something it's like okay well let me drive by take a picture of the of the sign because at least mm -hmm. that tells you like okay someone's right. looking right. to buy the property and i guess i drive enough of an incognito vehicle <laughs> where it's like a toyota corolla it's like it's clean enough and i guess it's harmless unless you're expecting mm -hmm. somebody to roll up with like a rolls royce or like whatever right. high-end right. car but <laughs> i said all that to say having watched the training video that I paid, um, it was like, it's a whole course, but broken up into videos that I paid maybe less than $45 at the time for, mm -hmm. like that gave me so much more confidence and wow. preparation to, to say, oh, okay, like this thing sounds so weird, especially when it's just presented like, oh, we're selling houses, but we're not selling houses. Like right. <laughs> we're buying contracts and we're not, and then like, no, this person's actually broke it down. Like, this is what you're doing. Like, here's the wrong way to present it and how you're probably going to get locked up. Hey, that's Here's great. the right way to present it and how it actually works. Like you're not overdoing it. And mm -hmm. having that exposure, interviewing a friend of mine that got started in real estate through wholesaling and how he explained it to me, like the similar story that kind of gave me that, okay, that's still an option. But back to the start of 2020, trying to do too many things, the podcast, <laughs> trying to get into real estate, uh -huh. start a new job, looking you into personal development coaching is too you busy. You were busy. <laughs> That's why it's like when I by the time that I got there, like I'd already gone to the extreme execution coaching mm -hmm. for disc certification. I'd gone through brand prep in order to understand how I would, I guess, brand it or whether mm -hmm. how I would brand either the podcast or the um or the coaching. Right. Because right. like a big thing about the coaching is like your I guess there there's kind of a misconception as to how some people understand that the assessment is supposed to work versus mm -hmm. what it's actually meant to do. Uh, and okay. that's one of those things that I'm learning and I still have to sort out for myself. Mm -hmm. And by the time I got to the real estate thing, I was like, <laughs> I spent half a week in Flint, Michigan in like 40, <laughs> 30 degree weather. And I stayed there intentionally because I was like, this will be a good time for me to get what I need over the weekend, but sit down, mm -hmm. work on the podcast, right. write out the goals that I worked on, th like unpack basically mm -hmm. what I got. And then from there, go down to Miami for the first time in 70 degree weather. And it's like, okay, <laughs> this is different, but I'm still here for this one thing. Uh -huh. Of course, there being more than one thing in Miami where they have the brand prep thing, but then a conference. I had it in my mind where it's like, I'm not going to go to the conference because I want to do this one thing. Like I've I've got too much information in me and I just need to work on the one. But of course I went and I was like, okay, I'll just spectate for a little bit. After a while, I just had to get out. I was like, yeah. it's way, there's way too much stuff going yeah. on. And then from that, <laughs> two weeks later to go again to the 
the real estate thing, I was just mm-hmm. like, I was like, it's way That's too much. That's a lot. Yeah. That yeah. is a lot. And it's a lot to take in because I think that they do, they throw a lot of information at you right. all at once and it's crammed in there. So I am glad that you were able to find a wholesale course that got into the details right? and also, um, you know, helped you to evaluate that, yes, this is something that I can do. And, um, and I'm glad you shared that with me because mm-hmm. from my perspective, I just thought that, especially with the people that they brought in to talk to us about wholesaling, to mm-hmm. me, it seemed like they were just in it for the money. They weren't mm-hmm. authentic and re- truly trying to help families right? because the way that it was presented to us was that this is a way to help people right. you know, that are in need. And I was like, oh, that's a great thing. But then when those two guys spoke... Mm-hmm. It, to me, it seemed like to them, it was just a business adventure. They didn't care, right. you know, about the people. And mm-hmm. I, and my heart is always in it for the people, right. It, right. regardless of what I'm doing. I'm always concerned about how does this affect people. Right. And so I wouldn't want to be, um, you know, and, and that's why I got kind of turned off by it. Because I'm like, I could literally be harming people, <laughs> you yeah. know, and not giving them the full benefit or the full value of their property. And they don't realize it. Right, right. And I, so, I guess that... <laughs> That, that speaks to um, that speaks perfectly to what I was learning before, which is like um, some people call it the assessment because it's got multiple parts to it. But DISC mm-hmm. is what's highlighted because it's like looking at four personality types. But a big thing that I got and I'm I'm only able to say this now a year later, like being removed from it and just easing my way back in. And I just decided I'm just focusing on the podcast. I'm going to work on developing it, putting out the past recordings Mm -hmm. and working gingerly towards one. Like I just finished up my first week of work, um, working the night shift and um, kind of getting used to that schedule. It'll take some time. So even in doing this, just being able to have conversations, I was like, you know, let me just take it one day at a time. Don't make big grandiose plans. Like thankfully, um, what was recorded before, like it can still mm-hmm. be out through exactly. the month of April. So it's like, I've got time to plan things out and just mm-hmm. work it. Don't treat it like <laughs> it's the end all <laughs> be all job. And it's like, if this doesn't work out, oh my God, oh my God. Like just having to act from a place of desperation, like, and getting rid of that mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. makes things a lot better. And what I learned, especially like you were saying with how they approached it mm-hmm. and kind of like how you present something, it's like, you've got to understand your audience and who it is that you're selling to. Like mm-hmm. to your yes. point, it's like the presentation and maybe the energy of the conference or the the energy of like the um just the, the energy that I guess you would you you think that you give off is that you want to attract people, you want to get them interested into something. But like if you attract people for the wrong reasons, the same reasons you thought you were attracting them for, it becomes a turnoff. Right. Because like for example, in the personal development space, you have um, a lot of people that do motivation, like there's different ways that people get motivated. Some people like to be screamed at <laughs> and some people just want to be talked to and encouraged along the way. And I remember I finally listened back to it. But one of the things I was kind of hitting that burnout phase and I I started to feel it in the interview that I did with somebody that I met um, earlier that year or earlier that month. And I guess I, I remembered it wrong. But I guess the reason I remembered it wrong was because of like the amount of energy I put into trying to convince them of something that they didn't like. <laughs> they saw like this is how they felt. And I felt opposite 
opposite of it. And for some reason in that moment, I so wanted to convince them otherwise. And it was like, mm -hmm. I think they brought up motivational speakers. And I've obviously I followed Eric Thomas a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the reason how I got to that conference. Like, um, um, what is it? Jamal was somebody that followed ET. So it's like they have that mm -hmm. kind of like similar energy. Right. And it's like, I guess the that energy, I guess it's something good, but to each his own, essentially. Yeah, so and like, I, you're right, because for a long time, I um, I couldn't listen to Eric. I'm like, mm -hmm. why is he always yelling? <laughs> why, why can't he just have why can't he just have a conversation? I can just listen. Right. And so um, I actually ended up taking my godson to one of his conferences in New York. Mm -hmm. And and at that one, he wasn't he still had, you know, he still you can still hear him, but he wasn't yelling. He was just talking and having a great conversation with the audience. I was like, man, this is something I can listen to. And then right. after I took the time to listen, but when and I had this conversation with my cousin also. My cousin was like, I need that. I need that energy. I was like, I don't. Right, right. <laughs> I feel like I'm being yelled at. Right. <laughs> and I can't absorb the message. I said, yeah. he has some good points. I said, but when I feel like I'm being yelled at, I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not accepting of the information. So Makes sense. I like it when he's calm, yeah. <laughs> which is rare, but still. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly what the other person said. And mm -hmm. I guess I took offense to it because it's like, oh, you're you're an et fan and it's like when i when i listened back to it and i was thinking i was like i almost ruined that whole interview based <laughs> on that one moment because i was so stuck on like i've got to convince him of this it's like and i guess the point that i tried to make was that in the the branding in the presentation like yeah that is him but like in different mm -hmm. settings like you said in the conference yes. on the podcast yes. that they have it's like he'll talk and then yes. even talking it's like explaining why that energy why the passion mm -hmm. because it's like when they started, like, it was, thank God it's Monday. Like, that was yeah. the thing. Like, because people hate Mondays and it was yes. motivating them. And that's uh -huh. how I found it because it's like a friend of mine told me about motivation when I was getting ready to graduate college. And I was like, dude, I need that. I didn't know what motivation was in that regard, but like, mm -hmm. I needed it so bad because you're just doing a job that's almost thankless. It looks like you're an idiot because you're going to engineering school and you're working on your hands and knees, like in the middle of nowhere doing something that's just like how in the world does this even relate to engineering but obviously being able to get through the process with motivation like changing my mindset changing what it was that i listened to what i put in my mind like eventually um it exposed me to someone like jim Rohn, who's someone that speaks and as he speaks he kind of has a different sing song tone to him but it's like he has jokes in there and i was like oh, okay i can see why someone would request it to me because it speaks differently to me and mm -hmm. I, I started watching like one of the first videos that comes up for him um on youtube and i just listened to it maybe like five minutes at a, at a time because of some of these um talks that people do they might be two hours and like i could listen to the whole thing but i, I don't necessarily need to like if i just right. start right. my day just start it with like five ten minutes like get in the car be driving and it's like he's talking about it. i'm like yeah and then at least even in starting the new job it's something that i noticed instantly from this time last year starting the new job to this time this year starting a new job it's like you really have to be aware of what you're putting into your mind or what you're yes. allowing through your ears yes. because everybody naturally is very negative like people are super negative and mm -hmm. I was like I'm not here to change anybody but I'm not <laughs> here to 
I'm not here to change myself either. Like I'm not here to get worse. Like this job, whatever it is, it's needs to make me better. Like, and one of the things that he said, it's like, you've got to ask yourself what you're becoming, like in whatever you do, mm-hmm. whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, like you might not like the situation, you might not like the encounter, but you have to learn from it. And it's like, yes, the you process, learn, the you're process. Just gonna, right. You're going through the process and no matter what it is, you go through that process, you're going to learn something, something that you can apply at the next level, you know, mm-hmm. and continue. It's all about the growth. And so I think that I wish more people paid attention to the process. Everybody's trying to get to the end goal, but the work and the growth is in the process. And so when you get to the end goal, you're mature enough to handle it for one and then Mm -hmm. ready to move on to the next adventure, whatever it may be, whatever growth opportunity presents itself. So that's a great point. But man, it's it's so good to just see you to be able to catch up because I'm I was just I kept thinking to myself, I was like I was upset with the whole just going and not doing anything from it. Like I was so upset of like do, do, do because I was like I was doing, but in like in my doing, I forgot that I was building out the process. Like I was right. I was going through the process, but like in wanting to like in losing focus as to like why I was doing what I was doing, I started to get like the <laughs> stars in my eyes and just like, <laughs> oh man, wouldn't it be nice to and wouldn't it be great to? And it's like yeah, it would, but it doesn't all have to be done today. <laughs> and it's like exactly. just. And I think for me, especially with like take the conference. So that conference, they gave us so much information yeah. from so many different. I mean, there was just so many different avenues you could take. So mm-hmm. I stepped back and I was like, okay, I can't do everything, right. but what can I do now? And then I started on the rental property piece, mm. but I was also looking at other opportunities. But for me, it's like, I have to go at an even pace because if mm. I don't, I'll get all into it and just mess it all up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I have to go at an even pace. It's like, okay, so I'll try this, but that didn't work out. Right. Yeah. And then COVID hit and everything came to a standstill. Right. So um, I think that for me, um, you know, everybody was saying 2020 vision, right? Yeah, every, everybody. <laughs> but what's funny about that is that even as people were saying it, being in the groups that um, I'm in, especially the, um, I guess it used to be called Sleep Freeze for Suckers, but now I guess they retitled it as just the morning meetup because that's what you do Monday to Friday and um a big thing that they said in it was like, and they, I think you said it also at the start of this year, it's like, what are the next, like, what's the next time frame going to look like the next 12 months, 18 months, mm-hmm. be thinking about that and be thinking about what it is that you're doing every day. Don't get so caught up in the resolutions and this thing has happened. Like you, you do need to have the result, but the way he said it was like, we have to be married to the process. You have to be married to the activities that you're doing, but then dating the results. And I was like, huh, that's something to think about. It's like, okay, like you, I guess when it comes to dating, it's like not to get too deep into it because it's experience or whatnot's limited, but I guess to each his own. But essentially what I would get from like, if you're wanting to date someone or you're, you're wanting to date that end result, it's like that thing that you're like, oh man, wouldn't it be great to like, putting in all the energy and all that but usually i guess when um people get into marriage like 
the right marriage, you really have to, from at least what I've studied and mm -hmm. learning that process is like, you really have to commit more than you did just like in the initial butterfly phase, because it's like, you're not, you're committing to it long term to where you're saying like, right, wrong and indifferent, like I'm going to stay the course. Mm -hmm. and, this is it. <laughs> yeah. And especially when it comes to like, you're talking about, <laughs> I don't want to compare the the activities and the process that you do, although it may be mundane, I guess sometimes that's what a marriage may feel like, maybe even from the outside looking in, because it's like it's not it's not every single day you want to you want to get up and make your bed, because that was one of the things I started doing. It's like, OK, I'm going to get up, make my bed. It's like I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it for the gram. I'm not doing it to show to people and even like. As I would take a picture and like trying to um, create content or create this, I was like, <clears throat> I'm, I feel like I'm running out of ideas because I'm, I'm doing so many things. I'm doing, I got to do three things a day. I got to do it every single day. I've got to do this just to like build a following. To, it's like, I've got to, my big thing was like, okay, I got to get to a thousand listeners. Mm -hmm. If like the podcast thing is going to be that, but then go from, you already recorded, you can put it out for the entire year. Yes. But yes. now it's like, you're trying to coordinate when you're off, off in Puerto Rico where the internet's not stable. Now your phone's not working. <laughs> are you gonna go get another it's just like one thing after another kept coming up and after a while i was just like ah forget it but then thankfully um donald the person that helps me put the edits together he really encouraged me he's like hey i think it'd be worthwhile for you to put out at least what you did because then it's yeah. like you're paying honor to the people that gave you their time mm -hmm. that said okay yeah I'll, I'll sit down and just have a conversation and if nothing else like you're not doing it to the recognition or whatnot at least you're doing it for the appreciation of the person that participated and also it will benefit people that had to have opportunity to hear it right you know? so um i think that it's beneficial all around you are paying you know um, appreciation to the people that took the time mm -hmm. but the information could help other people as well so right and i guess yeah. you do <laughs> have to put it out right right <laughs> you can't and keep I, it to yourself exactly <laughs> and i and in doing that now like i started to go back and listen and um another person that helped me with the process because when i first started it i was like okay i'm just gonna record um conversation with friends family acquaintances mm -hmm. um because i was like I, I like one of the things that makes me happy about enjoying my life is the people that I meet along the way and it's like you meet good people if you become a better person you attract good people yeah, with good I energy agree with that wholeheartedly. And, and it's like so many people that I've met or mostly the people that I worked with they're um <coughs> their day-to-day -day life doesn't get like highlighted or recognition. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they don't even want it. Like I, I know for what I do necessarily, I wouldn't be too thrilled about somebody following me around 24 seven to be like, okay, we're going to, we're going to put this on TV or we're going to put right. this like in the lights. It's like, no, we just enjoy doing what we do because it's rewarding. Mm -hmm. And I thought, or I still think it's worthwhile seeing that because watching something like dirty jobs is like, oh, wow. Okay. That's how that gets made like right. somebody's got to come up and <laughs> yeah, pick up exactly. the trash otherwise like mm -hmm. when it gets when you just have trash in the middle of the road nobody wants to go over there it's not pleasant and mm -hmm. it's uh it's just it's a lot but i said all that to say i'm putting my thoughts together <laughs> I, I think i said all that to say um 
just going back through the process has been of like taking the time and listening, even if I have to distract myself to say, okay, like get over yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. You feel nervous, even recording the first for the first time this year, I was like, oh, I'm sitting here just like almost shivering, like just looking at in the camera. But like after a while, it's like, okay, get back to the things that worked and right. reading. And you know this, you right. know how to do this. <laughs> I started reading Dennis Kimbrough's book again because uh-huh. it's one of the things that I was like, oh, like I like the contents of this. And it's just one page literally every day. And it's something mm-hmm. that I'm doing it for me. Like right. obviously the, the podcast is called It's My Time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I got it because somebody you used it to encourage me when I was like, okay, maybe I need, I need to find a voice coach. And he's like, well, I'm not a voice coach. I'm a rapper out of um, the West coast in Cali, but it's like, let's do this exercise. And like you say, it's my time. And I was like, okay, I say it a couple of times. And when I finally got to that level, it's like, you see what you did there? Use that energy and keep going. And I was like, okay, like I took that, that moment of inspiration. And I just like, okay, well, what do I do next? And just bump here, bump there, talk with the guys on the prayer line. And they're like, why don't you just, I was like, well, I think for some reason I was just walking because I got into the routine of like, wake up, make up your bed, go for a walk. Like if you got to do a couple laps around the track, do that. But at least it like, it gives, gets me fresh air, gets me stretching my legs and things Mm -hmm. like that. And as I slowly got away from it, I was like, <laughs> it's like I, I started to question all the reasons of why I was doing that. But in kind of easing back into it, not to showcase, but to say, okay, whether I'm going to be out walking because I want to mm-hmm. and accepting that if I take a break because <laughs> my legs are tired from doing it every single day of walking and running and 10K and this and that. It's like, it's okay. It's okay. If I don't want to do it, I don't have to do it. Beating up on ourselves, right? Right. I think that a lot of people do this. Okay, you map out a plan and it's like, I'm going to make my bed. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to read this book. I'm going to jog, whatever. And that's your routine. And you Mm -hmm. try to establish a routine. It's okay if routines change. There's nothing wrong with that. And we can't beat ourselves up because our routine has changed. And Mm -hmm. there are many reasons why. Sometimes you just need a break. And you just need to be still and just be, you know, be thoughtful, but, you know, just be still. And so don't don't beat up on yourself. It's all a part of the process. Yeah. (laughs) And we've all been there. When COVID first hit, I was like, okay. And I did the same thing. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go out every day. <clears throat> I work. So I'll, at the end of my work day, you know, I will go out and I will walk. And I will walk for about an hour and a half, sometimes with neighbors, sometimes not. And we were all like kind of distance from each other. because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, It's like, you just don't know, right? Right, right. And so, um, and we would do that. And then it got to the point where I was like, well, I feel like walking. And I felt guilty about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's like, why? Why do I feel guilty? And then I started to just, you know, at the end of the workday, everything's off. I just sat there and I just tuned into myself and what mm-hmm. and thought about what I needed and how I was going to proceed forward. And so, you know, then ideas started coming to me. You know, I started um, praying more, meditating more, you know, focusing mm-hmm. on myself. And so it's okay that I wasn't out walking every day with yeah. my neighbors. I was still, there was still growth in that process. So don't beat up on yourself. <laughs> don't. That's good. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've, I've definitely put a halt to that. And 
I still get uh, get moments where it's like it's you almost get that like achy feeling on your back or something's about to just like claw you and you're like yeah <laughs> like, okay like I just I just maybe I just need to get out get out of my room and and I think I think no I think that be, before COVID we were all like we got to do this it was nonstop right yeah. and then everything came to a halt yeah and I you think to start. that shocked a lot of people and they didn't know how to handle it. Right. So I think in our cases, we handle it well. We found other things. And I think that we probably beat up on ourselves a little bit too much, but mm-hmm. it's all a part of the process. You True. Know? And we continue to grow. We continue to learn. We stayed healthy. That's the most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think it's just all a part of the process. And um, and you just grow from it. You learn from it. True. Um, it moves you to that next level. Now, what the next level is, we don't know yet. <laughs> right, right. But we're ready for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but don't beat up on yourself. It's okay. No. Every day is not going to be, I'm going to do everything and get it done. Sometimes you just don't. And it's right. okay. It's okay. <laughs> The uh, what what you just said was was one of the things that I in in thinking on this year and obviously I was like, hmm, what do I think about last year? Like, obviously, it's going to come up in conversations and mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. tried I've tried my best to avoid anything COVID related, especially online. I was like, one of the things that kind of turned me off to one of the podcasts that I liked all the time was just always like, oh, well, I got this friend and like this and that and this. And I was like, well. Mm-hmm. In some regard, I understand why it keeps bringing it up because it's like it's part of the daily life. But I was like, yeah. I, I don't need to be reminded. But um, if I had one question to ask you, I, I would say you, you probably already said it, but I would ask what's um, what's something you gained from COVID or from 2019? Well, what I've gained from it is a stronger sense of community. And that's odd, mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Because, you know, I also have Zoom. And so I've Zoomed with friends I have not seen in years, Mm, right? Yeah. And we've all reconnected. So I have all these different groups of friends and we're on Zoom and we're having happy hour and we're cooking together. And I've Mm. done the same thing with my family. My family, we've done, we had a biscuit um, cooking session. We did cakes and pies. You know, we've learned family recipes together all on Zoom. None of this wouldn't have happened if it had not been for COVID. I mean, it completely, it renewed friendships that I had had from 30 years ago. Mm. You know, we kept in contact like email here, text there. But we actually get together now and, you know, we actually talk about things and we actually share things. And so my community is much broader now. Mm. Um, And I never would have imagined this before. I think if it had not been for COVID, I still would be in the same rut with, you know, sending a a happy birthday text or a happy anniversary text and not really talking to the people. And so we've reconnected. So the sense of community for me is much much stronger now and um right when COVID hit I did 
um, I had Zoom meetings with all the kids in my family, like all of my cousins, kids and nieces, nephews, everybody, Mm -hmm. just to get the kids together. And we had no planned agenda. I just wanted them to get together so they would have that sense of community. And so we did that every week and they would get together. And then I started for the first few times, I just let them get together and just talk it out. Mm -hmm. Then it was more structured where I assigned a leader. They had Mm -hmm. to have tasks. They had to have assignments. And so we did all kinds of um, experiments together. (laughs) it It really, I think it really broadened and strengthened the community within my family and um, my friends. So for me, it was a stronger sense of community, which is odd because, (laughs) you know, you would expect that to not happen in COVID because so many people feel distant or feel, um, you know, that they can't connect. And for me, it was the total opposite. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I know for me, I... (laughs) initially I used COVID as an excuse for like, especially when we had to go back home Mm -hmm. and uh, work from home is like, okay, obviously they encouraged us to do the self, the self quarantine. So I was like, okay, I'm going to come home back to my parents. And I was like, um, yeah, I'm just going to social distance. I'm going to, I'm going to quarantine for 14 days. So good reason for me to just stay in my room. (laughs) And I was just like, no, I don't really need to see anybody. Maybe I'll I'll sneak up to the kitchen every now and then to fix something. (laughs) Or other times I'm like, not really that hungry, so I won't sneak up. So it's like Mm -hmm. some days you just don't eat, skip it. And it's like, at first it starts off like a little game, but then it's like, (laughs) it turns into neglect very quickly. And then of course, like we talked about the beating yourself up, then you're like, oh, the regret comes in. You're like, oh man, I feel so bad. I should have, oh, I missed a couple of days. So now uh, maybe, maybe next year, uh, maybe next month, maybe next week. (laughs) And it's like just that like snowball effect, one thing after another. Mm -hmm. But to your point, being able to like, just put the bags down of like all that weight you want to carry and kind of thinking back to like, okay, well, if I have today, what is it that I can do? And I mean, a lot of that came through like forced conversations where like family, my mom, my dad wanted to check on me. It's like they have different methods of doing it. And sometimes I don't appreciate it. I'm like, (laughs) I'm fine. I really don't want to talk because otherwise I feel like I'm just complaining the whole time and I don't have anything positive to say. But through like prompting and being able to go, I guess you could say go through therapy, like actually Mm -hmm. talking with somebody that's licensed, but even leading up to that, talking with friends and other people that Mm -hmm. are in that space that could help me along the way and like parts of the process I dreaded especially when it was just like oh you've got I want you to do these assignments and I was like it just at first I didn't want to say anything because I was Mm -hmm. like I don't want to complain but I'm like I'm not doing the work like (laughs) you're asking me to do these things I don't want to make the next meeting because I don't want to tell like I got I don't want to let you down I don't want to be like I didn't do what we said like you said, okay, I want you to do these things. Can you do that? Like, instead of just saying, no, I don't want to like, or no, I'm not going to, because I, I'm just not going to like, right. I'm just going right. to be honest. Like, I'm not going to do it because I could be just wanting to be lazy, but I could be dreading the fact that it just, it feels like too much. And then finally, mm-hmm. when I said that, it was like, okay, well, we'll just take another approach. And I was sitting there like, tell me I could have told you that three weeks. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would have just said that three weeks ago. I wouldn't have had like this weight, this like artificial weight that I was just carrying along and I was like okay like don't beat yourself up right it happened let it go so like recently just this month or like start of February start of January like not not um 
not trying to get caught up in the like, okay, I'm setting goals, I'm doing the thing. But like, I was like, you know, I may not be able to see the people, but, and even if I don't want to call them, I have the WhatsApp app and you can use the voice, the voice thing on there where you can just speak what you want to say. And even if you don't like the sound of your voice, hey, people from your family and people from uh, people that actually like you, that when you call them, they answer it. They like to hear your voice. They and it's appreciate like it, that. It does something. And I was like, you know, let me do that at least once a week. Or like, as I'm thinking about it, I was like, don't just plan it out. Just do it right now. So I, right. I just picked right. up my phone. I sent a message to my sister, sister-in-law, brother, dad, mom. And I was just like, I'll just do a couple because I know if I I do too much and I make it into a whole event activity. It's like, it's going to get overwhelming. And I was like, I sent out three messages and just left it. And then I got some messages back. It's like, oh, hey, how's it going? And it's like one of those things that it built up and not making it such uh, like a high expectation, like everything's got to be like your job, like your school, like this. And it's like... slowly getting away from that mm-hmm. mindset and from that um i guess from that old way of doing things it's like okay mm-hmm. this is what works for now if right maybe right. I, I don't need to go back to the old thing but i do need to ask myself if i'm going to take on a new activity like what comes along with that is it worth it to take the job mm-hmm. that's going to pay six figures or more is it worth taking the job that's going to pay less but okay you're going to meet your standard needs but like mm-hmm. am i going to be giving up my time? Am I going to be doing the things that I like? Am I still going to be able to podcast one day out of the week? Am I going to be able to like, not just podcast, but like really have conversations? Yeah, Yeah. enjoy doing it. Like I started as I started to get back into the weeds of things. I was like, Oh, like, I know the video component hasn't really been edited. And it's like, I want to edit it to where it's like, it's something presentable. But I kind of had to remember again, like why I started it. And part of the thing that I, I, um, I shared with my buddy, Dr. Donald that helps me edit is like, I want to keep it authentic. Just like if it gets down the line to where it needs that retooling for like mm-hmm. a sponsorship or a partnership, cool. But mm-hmm. let me stop looking at what other people are doing. Like, obviously, I spent a lot of time on YouTube watching reactions, reviews, like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm podcast obviously and like i appreciate what it is that they did but that's not the lane that i went down and that's not necessarily what i need to be doing right now so in reminding myself that it was just like okay like if it's something of concern bring it up so i sent him a voice message we had a conversation he's like yeah like i think it's worthwhile doing what you're doing and i was like you know that means a lot coming from you because i know you have a lot of people to talk to and eventually like i want to have a conversation with you and kind of get a sense of like how is it that you're able to manage all these things like listening to other people's conversations and things like that and like keep it separate from your life to where it's like this is what's important to me and then this is over here for work and just thinking about all those things i was like okay i wrote it down and i just left it there i got (laughs) i got and that's okay it's like yeah i just got this yeah walk away exactly and And now and my mind is free 
And mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, like I wrote it down. I'll ask it in the future. If we can set up mm-hmm. a time, I know it's going to happen. It's just not mm-hmm. something that needs to be forced. And one of the things I'll say this to kind of <laughs> take a breath, but one of the things that um, a friend of mine always says when we meet up is that ships come in over a calm sea that you can't like the subconscious won't it doesn't like to be forced to do things so it's like mm-hmm. when you're at peace when you're at your element in your element like just don't try and force it just let things come mm-hmm. enjoy that moment enjoy right. the moment <laughs> because the seas will get rough at some point <laughs> and you will have to um you know take a different stance but for when it's calm enjoy the peace yeah. Enjoy the calm. And that because if there's trouble, you know, you're going to put all your energy into the trouble. Yeah. So when there's peace, enjoy the peace. There's nothing wrong with that. And yeah. we shouldn't feel guilty because we're enjoying that. <laughs> True. So what did 2020 teach you? 2020. That's a good question. 2020, I'd say, taught me to trust myself. Mm-hmm to not um to not lose sight of what it is that I, I i'm doing and not to look down on on my goals my thoughts my mm-hmm. desires because it's when even before things kicked off and just listening back to some of the recordings is it's almost like how would you say fortune telling in a way but not really because the thing that's funny if you look back at a lot of the talks and conversations people have had over the years history repeats itself over and over so it's like whether it's a pandemic a health scare something it's like there's always something that's going to happen and the only way you prepare for it is by staying prepared yourself first of all mentally and then like because the the thing that um, as it was going down and as it's still developing, the main thing I try to stay away from was just the constant updates on it, where it's like, when you look at it, there's a lot of people don't know, but everybody's ready to just fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I stepped away from. And I was like, okay, I really don't want to deal with that. And that's that's a confidence that I kind of kept within myself. And it's mm-hmm. that um, just keep what you know to be true. Like you don't need to, you don't need to abandon what you have in order to jump on somebody else's raft to be like, oh, okay, like this person seems to know what's going on. They seem to be in this position and whatnot. And it's like, they might be, but until they get to you and they present what it is that they present, Mm -hmm. the only way you know if it's true or not is if you watch their actions. So very quickly, you get into a new group dynamic. You always have, you always have different personalities. You have the person that always, (laughs) you have the person in the room that always speaks the loudest. That person's more times than not, not the leader. Mm -hmm. Like when they say, they say when the leader speaks people listen and it's like people might listen to this person because they're always talking but one thing that stood out in my mind was that when someone's always talking and you can just feel that they're they have to justify their position they have to always like justify every single thing that they say somebody tells a story they got it one up it somebody says it they got it and then yeah over and over and over (laughs) and i was just like yeah I just every time this person says something, I'll just be respectful and listen. But I'm not going. I know because otherwise it's too tiring, right? Yeah. The back and forth. It's like a tennis match. Right, <laughs> and it's, it's so much energy, and that's one of the things that that was kind of like a point of contention where this person would say something because they had so much experience, and somebody else that had the experience was like they would point out 
holes in their story or in their logic mm. where it's like i don't think this will work and then of course you get the immediate pushback because maybe it wasn't presented or they felt vulnerable or right like and then you just kind of kept watching the decay over and over and initially like came back um things had to take a pause there were layoffs and different things like that mm -hmm. and i was just like <laughs> when the layoff happened <laughs> i was kind of glad because i was like <laughs> i don't have to go through the circus of like every morning you got to get up you got to check in mm -hmm. you don't just check in on your phone you got to check in on email you got to check in on this messenger you got to check in on that <laughs> messenger and i was like wow. i don't like this i the one one thing I hated from the job before was micromanagement. Like once the micromanagement went away, it was like, oh, I can do my job and That's report it. it. <laughs> yeah, I reported and it's like, you know, I do my job ahead of time. And even the person that was doing a lot of the micromanaging when they did the performance review, it's like, oh, like I know I don't have to come check on you because you just do your job. And I was yeah. like, you know, yeah, you're right. And even anytime that I would think, oh, I'm just going to go slack off. I couldn't do that for long because it's like, it's just not in me. It's not not in yeah. yeah and it's like I'd rather be I'd rather be fired or I'd rather not work a job than do it halfway. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm going to do something, if it's cleaning a toilet, I'm going to clean that toilet and make it sparkling mm -hmm. clean. Mm -hmm. If it's putting together a plan to say this is how we're going to go, I'm going to do my best. But if I can't do it, I'm just going to be honest and say I'm not the person you're looking for <laughs> rather than say, right. oh, you got the credentials, you got the this and that. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's like the credentials and whatnot. I'm like, yeah, you, you keep that. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, it mm -hmm. doesn't do anything for me to where they're like, oh, you're this, you're that. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I could be like, of course, right. like people like a big thing that um, a big thing that came out of 2020 or even before 2020, as I was looking at, uh, I looked at politics a lot and I it quickly became apparent to me why I, I don't deal with politics, at least in a public manner or mm -hmm. just things to be wary of because it's like if you don't know the waters you you can get lost in there but yeah. one of the things that came up over and over that led me to start the podcast was that you have to develop who you are as a person it's too exactly. it's especially too, when you're talking to people and they start giving their opinion right and, and you don't agree with their opinion right but it's you like you have to be rooted in your foundation exactly and it's it's weird because so many there's been a couple of people that i've talked to where it's like i guess by default we just make certain assumptions like there's mm -hmm. some people that i've talked to where like the morning meetup group um that i'm in the majority of people in it are black or african-american mm -hmm. and i've talked to maybe one or two people from that group and mm -hmm. like people automatically make the certain assumption they're like oh the culture or this or that and i'm sitting there thinking to myself i'm just nodding and smiling not to make the conversation awkward <laughs> to where it's like i don't know what you're talking about like <laughs> we look the same but we're not exactly the same right. and that's one of those things where it's like through throughout 2020 people kept talking about diversity 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 and i was like diversity it is, is it's not just skin color like you have to have diversity of thought you have to have diversity of like beliefs and different things like that mm -hmm. and the most difficult thing is being able to not just not necessarily accept someone different from you because mm -hmm. like when people think someone's different they go to like the extremes and like oh 
you're like the worst person since this or that. But something someone said was that unless until you're able to really look at yourself and see mm -hmm. a version mm -hmm. of like Hitler, as people would like mm -hmm. to like use that as like the common thing, like mm -hmm. until you're able to see that in you or until you're able to see like the worst parts of yourself, you're never really going to understand people yes. and you're never really going to become all that you can be because it's like it's easy to fit into a group because it's like it provides an identity and it's like hey at least i have this thing but at the same time fitting into that group it really takes away from who you are as a person if that's if that's all you um if that's all you kind of see for yourself it's just like okay i'm a black man like for some people it's like yeah you're a black man be proud of that mm -hmm. but that's not all you are before exactly. you're black you're human and i mean for certain mm -hmm. people it means different mm -hmm. things and i'm not gonna go on like a podium about it but the thing that i appreciate about people just being who they are being true to themselves is that um like when someone's authentic whether it's et screaming like yeah what's up what's up what's up <laughs> or whether it's him just like whether it's him screaming or him talking or him just being able to deliver the message, the thing that clicked with me there, the thing that clicked with in meeting you is that like, as you get to talk with someone, they like, if you're talking with somebody that knows themselves, that's comfortable with themselves, that's not trying to impress you, like they're authentically them. And all that means is that they're just being themselves. They're not trying to sell you something. They're not trying to brand you. They're not trying to like jump over the moon or bring the moon to you it's like they're just being themselves and like the more i see that like that that's that's always welcoming for me so it's like i think i answered the question a long time ago but <laughs> i was just continuing my thought but uh -huh. that that's really one of the things that um that i've come to appreciate and to just say okay it might be funny to watch this or some of the some of the rabbit holes i went down into <laughs> to like watching a, a town hall out of um texas where the town's basically devolved and like, oh, this person's a tyrant, they're this or that. It's like, it was kind of entertaining, but as I'm stripping away some of the negativity and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I'm not really going to put any more time into that. Like, yeah. it was funny, but it's it's not doing anything for me anymore. So I'll just leave it alone. I'm not from that town. Like, I'm not going to meet any of those people anytime soon. I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not going to take a weekend trip to go down there and see it because it's like, it's not going to do anything for my life, my personal life. And like, I'm just going to carry on, like come what may, if so long as I'm developing myself, so long as I'm becoming better just by a little bit, by just doing what I need to do today, I think that will go a long way for me. And I totally agree with you. As long as we are becoming better and we can't measure ourselves against anybody else, it's our right. own personal journey. And um, and we just have to keep moving, keep moving forward, stop beating up on ourselves and understand that, you know, hey, we're still alive and life is a process. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> and we have tons of opportunities. Right. Yeah. And so I think that and that's what I hope that a lot of people got out of this past year is that. There are tons of opportunities out there. You have more people starting their own businesses mm -hmm. um, that are thriving now. 
you know, and they never would have done that. Yeah. It had not been for COVID and had they not lost their jobs. Yeah. I have a friend of mine. She didn't lose her job. She actually retired. Mm. And um, she retired a few months before COVID hit. And then once COVID hit, it just shut down everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And she was also recovering from a heart attack from a year ago. Oh, wow. And so she really took um, last year and focused on herself. Right. She started working out um, three times a week. She actually had a trainer that worked with her. She, if you were to see her pre-retirement and now she she looks 20 years younger. (laughs) She's more energetic. She's more vibrant, but she took that time to work on herself. Mm -hmm. And she also started taking um, Reiki classes for animals. Mm. And so now here in the Northern Virginia area, she's getting calls to come and, you know, practice Reiki on people's pets she actually has contracts with a couple of horse um, stables mm-hmm. in Northern Virginia. So her whole life has turned around and she's so joyful now. And so um, she's just in a very different place than where she would have been had it not been for the complete shutdown. She took that time to just really focus on herself and say, okay, what is it that I want to do? Yeah. Um, how do I want to um, proceed for this next half of my life? And so and she found that. And I was so happy. I actually caught up with her on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw her and I was like, Martha, you look great. And she was like, oh, thank you. And her whole energy, it was just at a totally different level yeah. than pre-retirement. And so that was so motivating for me. I was like, this can be a good thing for people. And granted, yes, there are so many people out there that are struggling mm-hmm. and my heart goes out to them. I, um, I'm supporting some of the food networks in this area to help distribute food to, you know, to people in need. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but even in that, you do see, um, you see the appreciation for what 2020 did, right? You still yeah. have people that are connecting to community, um, establishing a stronger bond within the community. And also um, venturing out and trying new opportunities. Now, some people try some things and it didn't work, but they now know what doesn't work for them and they can move on to something else. And so I think that this whole, um, everybody went into 2020 vision. This is going to be our year. We're going to do, and we all got slapped in the face, right? (laughs) We all got slapped in the face. I just knew I was going to have like a couple of buildings and multi-unit buildings. No, none of that. But still, you take the time, you regroup, um, you learn new things about yourself, you learn what what is it that you really want to do, what is it that you really want to focus on, and you try and help people wherever you can, wherever you see a need, Mm -hmm. and you just continue on. And for those of us that are surviving 2020, that's the process. You know, we can't walk away from it, we can't get out of it. We just have to go through it and hopefully we're growing through it, yeah. you know, and getting stronger each day. So I, um, I don't know. I do have some ideas in my head about what type of business I want to start, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> so I'm still working out those issues. But yeah. I think that um, for me, I've really focused on myself. I started doing yin yoga. Okay. Um, 
I, um, I bought a treadmill. I bought a stationary bike. So I'm still doing this thing. So I'm not getting outside as much. And I love to hike and I truly yeah. hiking. Oh, I miss it. But, um, you know, earlier this year, some friends mm-hmm. and I were like, okay, let's get out there. Let's go get on um, a local trail. Yeah. But all the reports that we were getting was that the trails were crowded. They were packed. Mm. And so we're like, no, not Did yet. Did you guys go check it out or just looked at the reports? We looked at the reports and then I have some friends that are going Mm -hmm. and they were telling me that it was crowded out there. And so like, no, and it's really strenuous trails. So you're breathing heavy. And so it's like, no, I don't want to. So that, you know, it's things like that, that we really enjoy doing that we have not done. And I'm hoping Mm. to get back to that this year, but we just have to see what happens. But in the meantime, you know, we're still learning stuff. We're still sharing ideas, sharing recipes, (laughs) you know, just getting through the process together. So, um, and trying to help wherever we can, because we know that there's a lot of need out there that, you know, people are suffering. People have lost jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked earlier, people can't pay their rent. Mm. You know, the property owners can't pay the mortgage. It's just, um, there's just a slew of issues and concerns. But I think, I think you have the right approach. You don't listen to it on the news every day. You yeah, can't. No, I, I don't listen to the news. <laughs> it will overwhelm you and it will make you feel like, you know, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And right. we know that eventually there is. There's going yeah. to be a recovery. And it's going to take some time, but, you know, um, we just have to remain safe first and most all and just, you know, be diligent and um, stay on our path, whatever that path is, Mm -hmm. you know, that um, allows us to build businesses and help people and, you know, just maintain that approach as we move forward. So. But it's, you know, there are a lot of people suffering. I think we just have to acknowledge that and just be thankful that we're in a position where we can help people. Right. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the, the re- I guess the reason I'm always reminded of real estate is from reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess whether it's through the entrepreneur group or with different people I meet, it seems like they've read that book and it's like, okay, yeah everybody's has their story of how they got introduced to it and i started listening back to it to introduce it to my mom because Mm -hmm. she's she's thinking about um she started thinking about okay retirement's coming up what is it that i'm gonna do Mm -hmm. and when you think about it it's like obviously investing is a big thing and you can do it in different ways and people point to real estate as a big thing but one of the things that it taught me or one of the things that I'm reminded about it that took me through 2020 was that the Chicken Little story where it's talking about Chicken Little's little character that runs around and screaming, the sky's falling, the sky's mm-hmm. falling. And I feel like I use that principle more so throughout the years since I read the book in 2015, I think. And it was uh, it's just like any time you hear so many people get excited about something it's like just that word of caution for instance like just take a step back and just be like is it really and i mean (laughs) to some sometimes i guess Mm -hmm. in conversation it sounds like i'm always arguing for the sake of arguing or just being a contrarian but Mm -hmm. i think i do that naturally but i also do it from the perspective of the chicken little story because it's like unless you're able to challenge what you're thinking or challenge like what everybody else is doing you 
just you just keep going with the flow and you never stop to think like why am i doing this where is it going and i just thought i just thought to share that and i just remember it as like something that sticks in the back of my mind like no i'm not investing in the properties and the buildings and different things like that but I've, i'm reminded of the different buildings that i have in my mind where it's like okay like chicken little story like don't just don't just I, run and i think with that's the good. i think i think that is um that's a good approach because yeah. you don't want to just go with the flow you don't want to yeah. just you know go with the crowd you and i think that if more people did that we will all be in a better place because you, yeah. would, you know, you would take the time to examine, um, is this for me? Is yeah. this reality? Where is this going to be, you know, two months from now, right. 10 days from now? You know, so I think for um, for most people that would actually be beneficial yeah. <laughs> to just take a step back to like really analyze. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people don't take the time to do the analysis. Right. Yeah. They just go with the flow. Because, I mean, it takes work. Yes. Yes. But then, you know, and then you get to a point where you realize, okay, well, I shouldn't have done that, but it's too late because you've already <laughs> wasted right. time and resources, right? Yeah. On something that wasn't for you. And so, and that reminds me of a conversation I had with a gentleman who was at the conference. And so, at the end of the conference, he actually said that he felt that um, real estate wasn't for him. Mm. He said that, you know, because, you know, I'm all excited. I'm like, you know, talking yeah. to people, asking questions. He was like, you know, he's like, after this conference, he said, I've decided that this is not for me. Yeah. That wow. And so, you know, I think he was concerned about the risk versus mm -hmm. the reward. And, um, you know, just not, I guess, well, I guess he fully understood the opportunities that were out yeah. there. But just decided that, no, you know, this is not something that I want to take on after attending that conference. So yeah. I uh, thought that was interesting because most people, I think, were in the mindset of like, okay, what can I do next right, to right. start this venture, right? And so... But he had an entirely different take on it. So and I it think that's a powerful thing, given what mm -hmm. what we saw happen and what came <laughs> about, because it's yeah. like to go into it with or to come out of it with that mindset of like, huh, this this isn't for me. It's like mm -hmm. you figured out that. And another thing that I, I did, I was like, once I got kind of like the discouragement of like, okay, I, I can't do it now. And then I mm -hmm. talked with years before I had um, gotten with somebody to help me with financial planning, whether it's like, okay, mm -hmm. you have the standard 401k, but there are different options out there where it's like, you don't want to just put all your eggs into one basket. You have to mm -hmm. diversify. Mm -hmm. And I just, I listened to the podcast that Jamal does with ET. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't listened for a while because I was like, okay, after a while, like you do something for so long, it becomes fatiguing, even especially yeah. if it's a part of your routine. But like, mm -hmm. I just checked in because I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know what they're talking about. And he talked about like, Real estate was what he used to start. But once he kind of got it going, he started getting into stocks and other things. Like he started to diversify. As to where with me, it's like I got the idea of diversification through reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right. which is about like it highlights real estate, but that's not the only thing it talks about. And then talking with the person that helps me manage my funds, it's like, well, here are the risks. Like, like you said, there are risks in everything you do and you have mm -hmm. to consider those risks. And it's like the risk of getting into the real estate and thinking about, yes, you can get someone to manage this or manage that, but it's like, that's, that's work that you're going to have to do. Like no matter mm -hmm. how it's presented, 
you can't just, if you're going to be a diligent steward of yourself and the things you're in charge of, you can't just set it and forget it. Even if you have somebody managing your money, it's like we still have quarterly calls. Like if there's something comes up, it's like, send me an email and we'll go from there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, even as 2020 was getting rough, I was just like, oh, just forget about it. But it's like, no, I still got an email. And it's like, if I'm not responding to the email, it's like, I'm calling you to say, hey, what's going on? And I'm glad that he was able to do that because this person was recommended to me through someone else that I worked with over the Mm -hmm. last four years. And it's like, we built up a report. I asked him about fiduciaries and that's Mm -hmm. something that I gained out of a Tony Robbins book, which Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the end of it, I didn't read the whole thing. And I felt like, man, this thing's a waste. He's going on this and that, but it's like, I did learn something. I didn't know what a fiduciary was Mm -hmm. before. And it's like, that's something I got out of the book. I don't have to beat myself up. Right. I don't don't have to um, dwell on the fact that it's not complete. Like if somebody's doing a presentation or this, that, and the other, and I feel like it's not for me. It's like, it's not for you. You're not the only person in the room. You're not Mm -hmm. the only person at the conference. Maybe somebody else got something from it. And it seems like, oh, they just hit the grand slam. But it's like, no, like the result at the end, that's just that's just what happened as everything else that they were doing up to that point. Maybe they get lucky. And if they get lucky, that's between them and God to know, okay, this is going to last 15 minutes of fame or this is going to last five years. But then after that, they're responsible for what they have to do with that. And then I have to be focused on what I'm going to do. Otherwise, it's just going to (laughs) be... It's just going to be miserable (laughs) when you're sitting here so focused on, oh, man, this guy and this guy. And one of the people that I met at work, we were talking and I I try not to engage or like stick my nose where it doesn't belong because I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't like confrontation and I don't want to try and teach someone something that I haven't mastered. And I was like, just but as we're having conversations, though, we're talking about, quote unquote, rich people like the Bezos is the Facebook, the this, the that. And I was like, okay, well, obviously what he's saying, I've heard it before. Some of those things I've thought before, but it's like (laughs) one of the things that I I posed, I was like, what makes you think that what you value, they value? Mm. Why is it that just because this matters to you, that has to matter to them? Like they're not you. And just to think that, okay, while they're rich, they have this, they have that. It's like, what they value and what you value are two different things. Like you're going to you're going to hurt yourself trying to convince somebody else that you've never met, that you don't know mm-hmm. personally, that has no association with you of what they should be doing. Like the only mm-hmm. thing you should concern with yourself with is what you're doing. And it's like and every time this conversation comes up, someone always rebuts with like, oh, we're just having conversations. I'm good. I'm good. But I'm like, <laughs> We are having conversations, but no, you're not good because it's like, I can already tell within minutes of meeting you, this flavors your conversation. This is like, this mm-hmm. occupies your mind. Otherwise mm-hmm. you wouldn't have brought it up. Right. It bother right. you. Even if you say it in a joking manner, it's like, and then I have to stop myself from like trying to offer them the ideas that I just came across. But I, I think the first time we talked, I was like, oh yeah, I'm part of this meetup group. And they sent us an affiliate link. <laughs> and the person, Dave Shans, he, he does the morning meetup group. 
and I just find it hilarious. But I like that's why I like it, and that's the only thing that I'm doing now to kind of help me do the one thing, building the podcast. Because when I last left off and I stopped attending the group meetings, either due to work or just I, I just didn't want to do it anymore because it started to get hard. I was like, we were talking about the one thing, and come back this year, we're we're gonna go through the book again, talking about what's the one thing you need, and kind of understanding you don't need to beat yourself up anymore. You don't need to just just go with the flow, go through your process, whatever it looks like. <laughs> the thing that I found funny this time around, it's like um, if you're part of the group, you get an affiliates link, and essentially it gives people like a seven day trial period, and it's like okay, for a dollar a day for seven days, you can basically join our group in the morning for one hour and you get to see what it is that you gain from here. So it's like, I was thinking to myself, it's like, you're you're hilarious because of everything that he does. His big thing is social proof. It's like, if you're not a, if you don't, if you're able to generate social proof by what you do, that's evidence of like what you're doing is working. Like if you're able to master something and there's social proof, either like word of mouth or mm-hmm. whatever goes on online, other people are able to say like, hey, look, like right, somebody's, right. somebody's willing to coach entrepreneurs and people to say, okay, if you're not willing to invest a dollar for an hour of your day for one day out of or for for one week, if you're not willing to just say, okay, I'm going to pay a dollar to see if I can learn something, Mm -hmm. then it may not be for you. But it's like, it's like not to put down anybody that doesn't value that because it's like, on the one sense, you could be talking money, like mm-hmm. money motivates some people. On the other hand, people like being able to help people motivate some people. Mm-hmm. On another hand, people need ideas, they need, um, they need problems to be able to solve. Some people are great debaters, some people mm-hmm. are able to have those conversations that are like long and drawn out. And it's like, at the end of it, it's not really about who won the argument, but it's like that activity, that mental energy, that, mm-hmm. that everything that they're doing it's like all those different things go into it and when i was talking with him i was like oh yeah they had uh for the month of january was like the millionaire mindset so over the years he's made many friends and built up a great network of people where he's interviewed them on his podcast or he's um he's interacted with them in some way. So he brings them onto the call during a certain segment and he does like an impromptu interview, allows people to talk with them. And I was like, you know, I can tell money isn't something that really motivates you and it's not something that necessarily motivates me. So I'm going to stop selling it to you. But I caught myself and I was like, you know why I had to stop? Even though I'm telling you about this, that's literally, I'm social proof of his group. Because like Mm -hmm. from my experience of jumping back into the group after a year of being out jumping into the month and I was like oh yeah that's why I joined this group for like the, the like fun banter the back mm-hmm. and forth having the structure to say like this is what I'm going to start my day with like to have this in the ear asking yourself what are the things that you need to be doing like are you staying on track and then in getting back into the environment being able to have an accountability partner that kind of reminds me hey like you have a tendency to just jump with your whole self in stuff <laughs> but then that's great but you're jumping into too many things so stay focused on that one thing right and don't try to make up for lost time to think oh well you did this whole thing for years like yeah i had to show up every single week and do this and then doing it one day turned into a couple of days turned into this and it's like it took me time to do that so although you may have an idea to create something great write mm-hmm. it down mm-hmm and then work on it. And it's like, okay, you can work on it with yourself or, hey, go meet somebody that 
that's already done it or somebody that's in the process that's a little bit further along somebody Mm -hmm. that you want to talk to somebody that you respect it's like oh you've already done it great like (laughs) or maybe even somebody who tried it and failed right to find out okay what what triggered the failure Right. So you don't make the same mistakes. Right. And I, mm-hmm. I guess in telling him all that, I was like, you just reminded me why I like that group and what I gained from it, because I'm getting those things like, mm-hmm. OK, I'm doing podcasts. Obviously, the host of the group, he's podcasting and mm-hmm. he's further along than I am. And it's like, I think last week or two weeks ago, he did an interview with Grant Cardone. And Grant Cardone is one of those like big names that's big into like the entrepreneurial space and stuff. And he mm-hmm. talked about his experience with it in talking about it obviously he encouraged everybody like hey you guys need to watch this thing we're gonna have a watch party they did a watch party they did the whole thing and like i kept having the fight that part of myself that told me do 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 it's like yeah he's saying it but he's not necessarily saying it to you like although he (laughs) may be saying he may be speaking at you like Mm -hmm. it's not for you like you can watch it but it's online it's recorded when it's time to get to it you'll get to it and i think i watched it i watched it during part of my break one night and i was like huh that's interesting and then again i had to fight the temptation of wanting to share it with somebody there because it's like no like don't do that like they (laughs) They don't need that. They don't need that smoke. They don't need that. Like they're not, they're here to do them. Like leave people alone and worry about you. Like worry about yourself. Like if you can, if you got one nugget from it, great. Write it I know, down. But I, I totally understand how you feel. Cause when I have some good information, mm-hmm. I want to share it with everybody. Right. <laughs> and it's like, well, maybe they don't see it the way I see it. Maybe they're not even concerned about it. So you're right. Sometimes we have to reel ourselves in. <laughs> but it, it helps to have that this group, at least for me, to have it as mm-hmm. like the outlet where it's like, mm-hmm. if you want to speak up, you're encouraged to speak up because we're doing a book read. So then it's like, we're going to read a chapter of the book each day. So it's like, on the one hand, you're reading a book. <laughs> if you hadn't right. read a book in a while, like, right. hey, <laughs> and he's saying it over and over. He's like, hey, so far we've read two books this year. How many people can say they've read two books? Right. Like how many right. people can say they got the physical book? book they read it cover to cover Uh and it's like be thinking about the things that you're becoming and he's somebody that's a student of Jim Rohn and I was like okay like I heard Jim Rohn say that I can Mm -hmm. see the results of like him listening Mm -hmm. to it every day and I'm listening to it like I didn't even know that he'd studied Jim Rohn or maybe I forgot and it's like the reason I'm listening to it I'm not doing it because he's doing it Mm -hmm. I might have done I may have done that in the past where it's just like this successful person does these things so I just write them down like Mm -hmm. I want to do these things but now it's like no just just I'm doing this because I noticed that it helps me in my day I like right, right. the tone of the video I like the pacing of it I like the messaging I can mix it right along with my music like I'll do some breathing mm-hmm. for meditation and it's like hey I can just do that if I want to read one bible verse not an entire chapter not mm-hmm. three different books like I'm just gonna read that and I'm gonna keep it to myself I'm not gonna right. share it with anybody <laughs> because every time you share stuff with people it turns into a competition. Oh, no. It turns oh, into yeah. this. It turns into that. It's like, I don't want any of that smoke. So I'm just going to build myself up. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep doing this little, this project of mine. I'm not going to call it little. I'm just going to do this project mm-hmm. of mine. I'm going to build me. And then when people start to take notice, I'll just say thank you and keep it moving. I'm not going to mm-hmm. try to explain it. They're like, oh, how can you do this? How are you able to? 
I was like, I don't know. I'm just yeah, no, but you're right. And now, I, I mean, might I know, but I'm not going to explain it because <laughs> I don't think you're really asking for the reasons you think you're asking. It's like you right. see something, you're curious, but I'm not ready to explain it yet. When I am, you'll know. Exactly. Exactly. On your terms and your time. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But um, I laugh when you say one Bible verse a day because... <laughs> I used to beat up on myself. So I would sign up for these plans and mm-hmm. these study groups. And then I would miss a day or miss, you know, the reading. And I would just beat up on myself and I would feel so guilty. Yeah. And it would affect every aspect Everything. of my life because <laughs> I felt guilty. And I was like, right. wait a minute. <laughs> You're like, I can't <laughs> read this. It's like this. <laughs> Like that, that messed me up bad. Like I missed, Mm -hmm. I missed a registration date for something. And it really put me in a spiral because I was like, I missed this deadline. And then I missed this deadline. And I missed this one. Like, how in the world am I going to be able to do my job? And I just started to devolve into like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) being on the other side now, it's like, hey, I can, like, we can share this laugh. Somebody can listen Mm -hmm. to it later and just be like, you know, hey. It's not such a bad thing. You can miss something and live. You learn from it and you're like, okay, maybe I don't put so much stuff on my plate to where I get into a habit of missing so many things. And then Mm -hmm. if I miss it, just keep it moving. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think you're right. Sometimes people put too much on their plate and they start spiraling out of control and they never come out of it, which is um, sort of detrimental, but it happens, right? So we just have to be forgiving of ourselves. Very true. Mm-hmm. So, um, what is it? I guess there's, there's this. This is one of the main questions that I started to ask when I first started the podcast, and I want to ask it to you. Mm-hmm. Who do you say you are? Who do I say I am? At first off, I say I am a woman. <laughs> I am a black woman. <laughs> um, Actually, no one has asked me that question in a long time. But I will tell you this. When people used to say, who are you? I would say, I am the daughter of Bessie and Eugene, the granddaughter of, and I would list out like all of my relatives, right? Mm -hmm. And so that would give you an idea of my heritage, right? But now I think, um, you know, as we continue to evolve, you know, that's still a part of it. But now I think that who I am is... um, it's multifaceted, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's more than one. Thing. It's more than it's more than my job. Even though my job has, you know, allowed me to uh, to grow in so many areas, especially being in a leadership position, you get to experience it all. Mm. Um, my family has grounded who I am and made me, you know, this confident woman that, you know, kind of like, okay, I can do this. You know, there's nothing that can get in my way that I cannot attempt right Mm -hmm. i may not succeed but i can definitely try and so i think that um you know who i am is just i'm strong i'm confident i am definitely black (laughs) i'm definitely a woman awesome (laughs) yep so and we can have a whole nother conversation at another time about the difference between black and Mm -hmm. (laughs) african-american that's a big conversation yes i consider myself black gotcha that mm-hmm. I guess not to not to devolve into a <laughs> tangent, but I guess when I when I look at it, like just the words by connotation or by definition, um, I know in recent years I, I've started to kind of educate myself on mm-hmm. on 
uh, on different things, but I guess maybe the things you wouldn't typically learn from school. And instead of taking the approach of like, why didn't they teach this us in school? Oh, this is a waste. Right. This is a that. It's like, no, I just kind of left that approach alone because it's like, it's not really going to do you much good to dwell mm-hmm. in the past and to be like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, certain things are probably set up against you, but mm-hmm. if you're going to focus on that and not seek out um, new resources, especially in the year 2021 and like, look at what's available to you. And it's like, hey, just as quickly as you can get um, DoorDash, as you can get Netflix or whatnot mm-hmm. on on the uh, the internet, like you can get education on like a Bible series I started listening to. Yeah, you can get like his, you can get history lessons on like black history if you want, like proper history versus like history that's not so true. And you can get educated from people, even like even um, being able to look back at some of the same points that come around, like during election year, obviously that's what we just went through. And right. like the same points that people hit on over and over, like going back to the chicken little story, being able to distinguish between the noise and like what's actually happening, understand. Mm-hmm. Um, the importance of what money means because mm-hmm. so many people are stuck on that that misquoted Bible verse saying the love of money is the root of all, e- mm-hmm. of all evil. And I think I said it right. It's the love of money, not money mm-hmm. is the root of all right. evil. Right. And just kind of understanding that, building a better relationship with, again, with myself, with the things I know, the things that I don't know, or just kind of just being open to be like, okay, like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have guessed that or I wouldn't have seen that. Like, I say all that to say when you point out specifically Black and African-American are two completely different things because there's different reasons for why it's being used interchangeably. And Mm -hmm. I I just kind of find it funny because like me, by definition, I am an Mm African-American because I was born (laughs) in Africa and I became an American. I agree with you. (laughs) Not just by living here, but also by going through the naturalization process. Uh And I guess I know um, just to touch on it, but (laughs) otherwise it's like we might be here for a while. But it's like, just to touch on it, it's like, I understand where um, I think someone said, when you take the term, when you're using the term African American in place of black, and you don't want to, like some people might say they don't want to distinguish the two because they don't want to create um, separation. They like, there's this talk of like, it's It's just diversity. Right. And that's, that's the, right. And that's the other thing. It's like, when you look at black, it's not, a lot of people have used it in negative, negative terms, negative connotations like it's funny seeing the different things that kind of popped up as you see you see the worst of it with the incidents from last year but mm-hmm. there have been incidents from years before but you see kind of like how hollywood is kind of like cannibalizing itself you see mm-hmm. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen it pointed out before where you see like the cartoons you see you mm-hmm. see oldies and goodies or whatnot and you're like huh right. you kind of look at it from a different lens but also being able to look at certain things and not just have it like, oh, like we're all we're all riding in on on the white shining horse, like <laughs> we're all noble and like, oh, we know better now. Those people were idiots. It's like, no, like until you understand the better part of yourself, like even somebody that's like, what's the worst of the worst? Like someone that's racist, that's completely ignorant, that doesn't care. It's like 
like not to not to bend over backwards and just like create a mental jungle or whatnot in your head but it's like to understand where people are or what people are it's like they're that way for a reason like they were right. they're taught that they were indoctrinated into it they were presented something in one one way and it's like if you don't think you can become that in all of your nobleness that's kind of naive. Mm-hmm. Like, even though if you're thinking like, oh, but I would never, it's like, eh. And something that uh, was kind of funny listening to different talk shows and things like that. They had the incidents over in, in um, Seattle happen where I'm just going to be honest. I don't know the details of it. I wasn't mm-hmm. on the ground. I wasn't right. there anything of the other. That's why it's like, I don't even <laughs> want to comment on it. But mm-hmm. listening to someone like Joe Rogan, who's a comedian and like trying to bring right. the comedic <laughs> aspect into things. Mm-hmm. It's like, OK, you had a group. I'm sure you had multiple groups. But from the outside looking in, you have a group of people that come together and they're like, we want to create a space that's fair for everybody like we don't like Mm -hmm. these restrictions but Mm -hmm. it's like what do they immediately do they take they take a place by force that doesn't belong to them yes (laughs) establish borders they put guards Mm -hmm. like armed guards on patrol to say okay Mm -hmm. we're putting in these rules it's like you are about peace love and just like everybody's welcome right and it's like They quickly created a segregation section. It's mm-hmm. like, this is for right. colored people and right. black people only. It's like, right. here, if you're white, you're just going to be over there. Shame, shame. Like, they might as well <laughs> turned it into a thing from Game of Thrones where it's like, we're going to throw rice at you or we're going <laughs> to gonna stone you and it's like when you read as much as like um the bible gets devalued or how like i i just stopped reading it for a while last year Mm -hmm. because like i got it into my mind so much to where it's like somebody was talking about the self-righteousness of it or how christians Mm -hmm. are always this and i'm like yeah you're right yeah 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 and i was Mm -hmm. like i kind of forgot what it is that i'm doing it's like yeah there there is the self-righteous aspect of it where people get too too cocky too confident into like Mm -hmm. what they think they understand stand and they're not mm-hmm. able to draw limitations as to like this is what i know this is what i don't know right this is what i right. think i know but then it's like being able to step back and what kind of got me interested into it was like jordan peterson like seeing a psychologist mm-hmm trying to ins- understand the Bible from a psychological perspective, because it's like, okay, mm-hmm. if you look at what the Bible is, it's a book. Like when you look at mm-hmm. it physically, it's a book. Mm-hmm. And if you try to understand it, like you would try to understand other books, it's like, okay, this is something that was created over a period of time. Mm-hmm. And for something like that to survive, there's still things in there that happen. That's a value. It's not just something mm-hmm. you just throw away because somebody misquotes it over and over mm-hmm. and tries to tell you you're going to hell because of this this right here it's like you missed a whole lot before you just got to like you're going to hell god hates you god hates this and that and it's like i don't know if he necessarily likes you and your your approach either like but but i said all that to say like what happened over in washington is almost it points to many things that happen in different parts of the bible where you get to like okay they're getting ready to stone a prostitute because, or they're getting ready to stone somebody that's saying something that's not popular. Mm-hmm. It's like, everybody's so excited about like, oh, the government is this. And I'm like, the government is people just like, right. it's not, they're not just like this myth- mythical thing. It's right. Like, there may be, but there's always this idea of people talk about, oh, the Illuminati, the Jesuits, mm-hmm. the this, the that, the this, mm-hmm. the that. And it's like, 
it's like they may be there i don't know <laughs> i don't know but if i'm gonna focus my attention on getting even with them or getting whoever they are and that's what mm -hmm. makes it like that mystique it's like the they it's like oh i'm gonna start talking about them and all of a sudden that computer stops working the internet oh they're watching <laughs> they're like they're like it's like they could be but it's they like okay <laughs> assume that they are is the way that you're going about things just loosey-goosey mm -hmm. is that gonna work mm -hmm. like if somebody right. really hated what you were doing like is you're going about it nonchalantly is that really the best approach mm -hmm. like are you just gonna gear up for war and just be like oh i'm gonna do all these things it's like good like maybe that might work but like at the end of the day is it building you or is it tearing you right. down right right and but, is it unifying or not right <laughs> you know, right are you are you now becoming you know, um, the part of the population that segregates itself yeah. intentionally. Right. <laughs> just, just seeing those different things, I was like, wow. Like you, you oh. went from, it's just, it's, and that's the danger where it's like spending time, I'm still going through the process and I'm not beating myself up about it anymore because it's like going through the process of understanding myself mm -hmm. because I got this, I signed up for this program where it's called self-authoring through Jordan Peterson. And mm -hmm. it's like, you basically go through your past, your present and your future. You go through mm -hmm. a series of questions to kind of unpack mm -hmm. things from your past okay. for your future. You, you're looking at what are eight different goals and that's that's, that's kind of where mm -hmm. I left off. I think I maybe have 16 different sets of questions to go through. So it's, it's very mm -hmm. tedious. And that's one of the things I was like, I had to kind of say, okay, th this is going to take a while. And it tells you when you're starting it, like give yourself 10 to 15 minutes as you write these. If you need to take a break, go and take a break. Oh, and another wow. thing, he was like, wow. even if you want to do this as terrible as possible, do the worst job you can, like mm -hmm. misspell it, everything like that, but just get through it. Because like, as you go get through it. the process, yep. you're becoming something new. And like, even in writing and setting goals, it's like part of the thing that he asks is like, um, is this is is this a goal worth having like you ask yourself like why am i doing this am i doing this for somebody else or am i doing it for me if you're doing it for somebody else like that's good to know just be aware of that but right, don't, right. don't be honest it. with yourself right don't create like this disillusion in your mind where it's like oh yeah, I'm doing this thing. And it made me think of something you were saying earlier where someone, he became very big in the news because people were like, oh, he's radical. Like mm -hmm. just like the mm -hmm. talking points, the highlights, the things like that. And I think he got sick during 2020 and a lot of people were wishing him well. And I think something came out recently where like a New York, a New York article or maybe like a British article I was almost thinking about it when I laughed. I was like, not laughing at his pain, but laughing yeah. at the reporter that he interacted with. I was like, oh, this must be um, Kathy Newman's cousin or something <laughs> or sister where they sound similar, but like mm -hmm. there was an incident where he had an interview with her and basically they go on for like an hour or whatnot. They cut 20 minutes of it and they put it online because they thought it was great. And they try to paint him in such a bad light and um, just listening to it. And I think one of the beautiful things about YouTube are the comments, because mm -hmm. um, every time he makes a statement, every every two minutes or so, maybe it's the way it was cut. But just like the flow of the conversation, it seems like it's it's just back to back to back. It's like he'll say something. And she's like, well, you're saying. And at one point, it's like he's he makes a statement and he's somebody that's very methodical in his speaking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
and she's like, oh, you're saying women should just quit. They, they shouldn't give up. Like, there's no place for them in the workplace. And she's like, just quoting like the most insane things. Wow. And what somebody explained is that she may not be doing it on purpose. Like what she's doing or what she's experiencing is like almost that cognitive dissonance where you've already built an idea of this person in your head. So whenever you're uh -oh. going into the interview, you're mm -hmm. just in this attack mode. And it's like, you just like, you just attack, 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 attack. And as the interview went on, I think he explained this later on a podcast that I listened to. Mm -hmm. And he was saying like, he he, he stuck to his guns and it's like being able to to stick to who you are stick to what you believe and taking mm -hmm. the time to explain it like at one point in the interview he stumped he stumped her but where he thought he he could have used that opportunity to say to like help her maybe in a psychological mm -hmm. perspective to like help yeah. her kind of get off of the track he was finally like, ah, I got you. Kind of just like, I finally won one. But it's like, to him, he was like, oh, I missed an opportunity there to like deal with what helped her on. to grow. Right. Because it's like, that's not, that's something very rare. Because a lot of times when you get into interactions with people, it's like everybody has their preconceived notions. And it's very mm -hmm. rare that mm -hmm. you're going to have a conversation with someone where they're willing to allow you to like, not only express your ideas, but convince them of something that they've already rejected in their mind mm -hmm. that's like and, and that's why i'm always appreciative because everybody does they have their preconceived notions but i'm always appreciative of people that will have an open mind right like this mm -hmm. is what i believe and you're not there's probably nothing you can say that can stop me but let's have a conversation right you know let's have an open and honest conversation and where you can point out what you think are my preconceptions and I can point out what I think are yours. Mm -hmm. But so many people are so fragile and cannot have those conversations. <laughs> and I think it is harmful um, for us as a community, as a country, right? Because yeah. if we can honestly have those conversations in the United States of America, we will be much better off. But right. people, their egos, whatever, are just so fragile that we can't get there. We cannot right those honest conversations and that, you know, it would be yeah. great if you could have a podcast <laughs> about the confederate flag and everybody right. could bring their authentic selves right. and have honest discussions right yeah but it you just i don't know people are just um i guess so just rooted in what their beliefs are and that you know I honestly think they're just too fragile to have those honest conversations so yeah I, and i the reason i laugh or smile at that is that when you say that it reminds me of myself <laughs> because <laughs> in any point where I've tried to have a conversation like that, mm -hmm. I've either checked myself in it or more times than not after the fact. And I had to admit that I'm trying to convince someone of something they don't believe. And to right. some degree, it's yeah. like, I don't need to do that. And then mm -hmm. on another, in another degree, I'm like, I'm not skilled in that way yet. Mm -hmm. And it's when I think about it, that's why it's like, when I see other people that have really mastered what it is that they talk about, but they still keep an open mind, like I appreciate that mm -hmm. because I'm like, okay, that's kind of a blueprint of how to do it. And right, right. in the same way that in learning to podcast and learning how to speak publicly or speak to another person to not interrupt them when they're talking or to pause mm -hmm. when I'm going to use a filler word or filler phrase, it's mm -hmm. like it it's teaching me something and it's not something that you just learn it and forget it because you have to if you don't practice it you just yeah. it all just devolves yeah. and one thing after another but it's mm -hmm. one of those things where on the one hand of course stop beating yourself up <laughs> 
over and over again is like stop beating yourself up and then once you stop doing that you can finally focus on okay this is what i'd rather do and how can i work on it and it's like as you work on it it's like huh that's good but you gotta remember to stop beating yourself up so that you can kind of move forward and it's like that's true because i think you um hit on a very good point sometimes we spend so much time beating ourselves up for what we didn't do or what we didn't approach Mm -hmm. it's a waste of time right we could have been positively working on something else i mean you're right sometimes people view it as the what do you call it self I mean, in some cases, some people might say it's self-assessing or it's mm-hmm. it's um, taking constructive feedback. But, you know, I think it's like for our personality type, like, you know, when you're doing it or maybe you don't know, you don't sometimes you don't necessarily know when you're overdoing it. But more times than not, it probably benefits you to be doing 90 percent of the time positively what you can do. Right. It's right. like one day, one hour or something that you do with somebody else where it's like, OK, uh, this disclaimer during this hour (laughs) or for 15 minutes we're going to talk about this. After mm-hmm. we talk about that, we're going to let it go and move on. We're not going to okay. dwell on it. If, if there was a goal that needed to be made from this, we're going to do that. But every right. interaction we're going to have isn't going to be just this like violent, like mm-hmm. just you're going to come here and you're just going to get beat up. Like there's mm-hmm. some days you got to go to the gym or if you do martial arts, there's some days where, hey, you got to get in there and just get your yes. licks. But <laughs> There's other times where it's like before you can be just getting your licks, I'm pretty sure there's a training phase or there's a workout phase where it's like you've got to learn the techniques. You got to learn. You got to learn kind of like the step by step, because otherwise, like, I don't think it's a very good gym or a very good um, instructor if they just have you come in and get just beat on over and over and over. It's like for some people, it's like back in the day, they're like, oh, man, this is it's the thing that you do. And the reason Mm -hmm. I, I use that analogy is because that's that's a lot of what I, I spend my attention on. I I watch um, a lot of mixed martial arts, specifically oh, okay. UFC. But it's like in scene, like I watch the interviews that they do. I watch the um, a couple YouTube channels where it's like they'll do talk shows and things like that. They, they try and understand the fighters and something that's come out more and more since CTEs become a bigger thing mm-hmm. through football and different things like that. Obviously, it's an issue in fighting. And you see people that will get into these wars where they'll be bloodied up. They're just in there swinging, okay. throwing the, sink, <laughs> the kitchen sink and everything. And it's like present day people are thinking a little bit more about like hey like I'm gonna have kids and I'd like to play with my kids people think Mm -hmm. back to like Muhammad Ali and seeing like how he was so energetic and I saw a couple Mm -hmm. videos with him on YouTube where it's like somebody put it found a way to put it up like the recordings from the 70s or the 60s and Mm. you see you see how the audience was and like you see some similar tricks or things that people would use Mm -hmm. but like I like I'd heard of him before but actually Mm -hmm. getting to see see him with my eyes through the screen right. and just be like you see his his um his demeanor you see what he's saying mm-hmm. and like you may hear some of the similar you hear s- similar beats into like his rationale his perspective mm-hmm. and what certain people say today but at the same time i see the human side of him to where it's like these are the things that he feels these are the things that he thinks right. like here's his banter here's his his funniness him mm-hmm. and the host they're able to go back and forth and just kind of like build that report and it's like things like that took time and they still take time because 
the things that try to get uh, microwaved or like done in quick succession because like everybody's just got to consume, consume, consume. It's like right, right. those things don't, they don't age so well. Like so many people, <laughs> so many That's people put their true. foot in their mouth. And like, <laughs> I think most recent you had somebody, um, Stephen A. Smith. He's like one of those, the talking yeah. heads on ESPN. Yeah. And I think, yeah, at the end of last, at the end of January last year, there was a fight between um, two high profile fighters. One mm-hmm. of them, he's called the uh, cowboy Donald Cerrone and mm-hmm. the other guy's Conor McGregor, who's like the biggest thing that kind of like put MMA back on the map mainstream because he just like crossed over into everything. Mm-hmm. And um, McGregor basically came in and beat Cowboy in 40 seconds. Wow. <laughs> and, and it's like for somebody that doesn't understand what goes into a fight mm-hmm. Stephen A comes in and he's just like oh he quit the cowboy quit he just got beat up like he put it on him and he just quit he found a way out and this that and it's like you don't say that to a fighter because like to understand what's going on you have somebody stepping into a cage to face another man with gloves on the hands but it's like you're basically stepping into a cage in front of thousands of people millions of people watching mm-hmm. you've done preparation for weeks and months on end and before they go into the ring they hug their loved ones because I guess it's kind of like uh, oh, wow. they, they hug their coaches because it's like you don't know if you're going to get knocked out you don't know what's going to happen like there haven't wow. been, there haven't been many deaths or anything like that mm-hmm. but it's like obviously now people are seeing residual effects and mm-hmm. they do everything they can to protect the fighters but to take all that preparation and just because you see the end result of 40 seconds and you say that a fighter quit like he Uh-oh. got drugged through the mud on that and then he, there was um there's a video that he put out and obviously somebody in his corner didn't tell him it was a bad look, but he put this video out and he's sitting here doing practicing drills, hitting mitts, like he's hitting one up here and he's swinging down here doing a groin punch and it looks so bad. <laughs> and it's like people went in on that video. They just tore him a new one because it's, it's like... It's like I guess you get what you put out. Like if you're right. gonna, if you're gonna be up here and pretend like you know something because they you're on the platform. Obviously you're on mm-hmm. ESPN. Like him and Skip Bayless were like the guys I would talk. But like mm-hmm. sometimes whenever I look, I was like I I can't listen to that. You guys are just. <laughs> You got the energy and I'm sure somebody listens because you got to be on there every single day. You present something, but I'm like, I, I can't do what? that. When, when this whole thing happened, it was just like, <laughs> it was hilarious. And, and I can imagine him defending himself because he has a very strong right. sense of self. Right, right. <laughs> and it, it's like, I think that happened that, you, oh, wow, that happened last year. And I think another thing you had a, a lightweight guy, um, 155 pounder. He, um, I guess the talk with him is like, there's him fighting again, McGregor, this guy that's like everybody, every time they fight him, they're like, oh, that's a big paycheck because he also fought Floyd Mayweather in boxing. He did oh. like the whole crossover. Mm-hmm. And for the people that knew, they knew that, oh, this isn't going to be a fight. You're talking about Floyd Mayweather. That's, he was 49 and 0. I, I think at the time Mm -hmm. and I think beating McGregor made him 50 and 0 and it's like you're talking about a guy that's mastered boxing and no he's not a Mike Tyson with like the Mm -hmm. highlight one second punch knockout but it's like if you understand the game there's like not getting hit is a big thing because you don't get hit your brain's not getting rattled around and then you don't end up like an Ali you don't end up like so many 
people that have had that damage. Right. But like seeing all those things come up, you had Stephen A. This they were since they have a UFC has a partnership with ESPN, so they did a um they did a crossover. Well, not well. I mean, since they have a partnership, they have certain people that will interview the fighters. Mm -hmm. So then, mm -hmm. since Stephen A. I guess is like one of the bigger names yeah. at ESPN, they decided to have him interview this guy that's like one of the more dominant champions um mm -hmm. khabib nimargan nimargan i'll just call him khabib <laughs> he's known as the eagle so it's like they had him interviewing with Stephen a and um i guess his co-host now max um max don't know his last name but he may have had a career in boxing or whatnot and of course they have to hit like there's certain points and he was asking him about um, why he doesn't want to fight McGregor because mm -hmm. he dominated him so much. So he's like, why not fight him again and get more paid? Again, back to the things that people value. It's like mm -hmm. he got so pissed off because he was like, I've already beat this guy. I'm fighting this new contender. Like, right. This is right. this is what I'm doing. And he he essentially told Stephen A off or I think the other guy where he's like, you guys need to do your research. Like, <laughs> don't just ask the questions that are on the paper Good because it's him. like it's <laughs> like you're sitting here asking me about this mf -er, and it's like no i'm not doing that fight this is the thing and he went on and he he dominated the fight but like i guess Stephen they just had that that look in his face where it's like the deer in the headlights and even kind of in laughing at his pain and whatnot i'm like now that i think about it i'm i'm thinking like oh ha 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 but like i gotta look at it in myself to like enjoy it in the moment but also remember mm -hmm. it's like he's a person he's human mm -hmm. and right, like right. how would you respond if it was you and it's like you're sitting here making fun of him but like are you what are you gonna do to not repeat the same things like how are you not gonna put right. your foot in so your I mouth think today so it's you like learn from his mistakes but yeah. also i don't feel sorry for him right because right, right. he's <laughs> he's put himself in those positions so many times <laughs> right right it's like i'm not gonna feel bad for laughing but at the same time i'm like after i walk away from it for a while maybe i won't right. jump on i won't jump on youtube and just watch like a compilation of just him hitting his face but it's like it helps me to kind of think if i have to pull a lesson from it it just helps me to say okay how do i not do the same thing right yeah right yeah you're right but hey <laughs> A funny compilation or different things that people have been able to do online. It is pretty good to laugh at. It's mm -hmm. it's pretty enjoyable. Yes. Laughter is good. We need yeah. that. Especially yeah. after this past year, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's another thing it kind of reminds you. It's like you have to be able to laugh, like, mm -hmm. especially for those times, because it's like if it's everything's just serious. Oh, this this is going down like the thing I ran to is comedy because it's like you need that. And so many I think so many comedians were affected by it where they couldn't go on tour. But mm -hmm. thankfully, some of them, maybe through Joe Rogan, like they started mm -hmm. podcasts or they'd been doing podcasts. So right. it was able to sustain them and other people were able to build followings and things like that. And like you've got guys like Bill Burr that gets on and he does like a more Monday or Thursday mm -hmm. show where he'll just like rant or just do like a monologue where he'll talk for about an hour and some days just being able to cut that on and listen to it it's like mm -hmm. man that that's great it's and you're right that, we need balance i yeah. mean as much as we're working on ourselves and trying to continue growth and you know moving through all the various processes 
that's serious stuff, right? So we do need comedy. We do need to laugh. We do. Yeah. We just have to have fun. Even though we're trying to do some serious stuff, you know, we still <laughs> have to have fun or else we're going to lose our minds yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or get so caught up that, you know, we forget to enjoy the process, right. even, you know? But you're right. We have to have fun. We have to find ways of, um, you know, just enjoying even the people around us or comedians or whatever. Just mm -hmm. laugh and have a good old time sometimes. That's always, you know, good for you, yeah. no matter what. No matter <laughs> what. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I better not keep you. I think that that's probably a good place to, to pause for today. <laughs> but I really appreciated the uh, your conversation, your energy, your presence. I appreciated seeing you also. This was great. It's been too long. Yeah. And I, I like what you said about definitely doing more Zoom calls because I, mm -hmm. I was thinking it's like it's great to have uh, a conversation over the phone, but like having mm -hmm. the video element, it's like that, that kind of adds to it yeah, a little bit because yeah. it's like you get to see the person, you see their mm -hmm. mannerisms and it's like, hey, even if it's for like two minutes, like, <laughs> OK, I'm tired of you. Like, get get out of here. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that still does something good. Yes, yes, yes. It was great to catch up with you, man. It's been uh, over a year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, huh? I know. I know. But, Who would have thought? Yeah. But I, I'm glad. I guess I keep I keep reemphasizing it. It's like in doing the journaling that I've been doing through the, the Panda Planner. Um, I found that thing back in like 2017. But like being easy on myself again and going back into it it's one of those things where it encourages you to do a, a gratitude practice writing down three mm. things you're grateful for every day mm. and when i finally shook off the cobwebs and i'm like okay i'm focusing on the one thing i really had to think I, once i stopped dreading like the event in 2020 I was mm -hmm. like, you know, it wasn't a waste. Like I got something from it. Like I kept thinking monetary, monetary, monetary. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, like I thought for a minute and I was like, I met you mm -hmm. and I talked with you on multiple occasions because it was like, it was a two day event. And we mm -hmm. went, like we sat there in the, in the, uh, the meeting room in the hotel mm -hmm. and the, like getting on the bus and going to see mm -hmm. the different properties and things like that. And I was like, that was the highlight of my weekend. Like to be able to talk mm -hmm. to you because it's like, we didn't, we didn't necessarily talk about real estate. I think we talked mm -hmm. about like ideas we had, but you talked right. to me about like mm -hmm. what's it, what North Virginia is like being from mm -hmm. the area, seeing it change. I think mm -hmm. someone had a, a, uh, a magenta fire shirt on <laughs> and we were kind of confused. Like, what, right. what does that mean? Because it's like, the, that's a whole nother conversation. Like right. the context that that's brought into it. And then of course, like the, the uh, DC invest people, um, they had like a mix, a mix. I think one person or a few people in the group were black, some were white, some mm -hmm. were um, um, maybe Latin race or something like that. And I think it was maybe one of the girls that was uh, one of the ladies that was white that had it on. And I was like, that seems, yeah. like a weird, that seems like a weird irony. And it's like, as we were talking about, it's like, we should go ask her. And I was like, okay, I will go ask her and kind of just that, like, just, just jump into something where it's like, you don't know. And you don't go asking like in a confrontation 
traditional way. It's like, mm -hmm. I was just curious, what does your shirt mean? And it's like, oh, okay, well, I think she was there and, and the other guy was there that was black. It's like, well, mm -hmm. we wear it because um, gentrification is a process that happens where you have um, big businesses or, or a lot of times people will say white people or mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. that just have money come in mm -hmm. and basically uproot the people that live there. Right. And their thing was like, well, the reason that we wear it and we have like the hashtag for it, I'm a gentrifier, means if that's happening anyways, let's get our money together and do that for our communities. That way it's like, we're the ones that are building it up and mm -hmm. then we can make more for ourselves and then allow, like we create the space that we want to see essentially. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. we're not just going to wag our finger at it and be like, oh, we're being gentrified. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a gentrifier <laughs> and I'm going to go in and I'm going to build it. And if it's for bringing more people that look like myself in the area, I'm going to learn the system. I'm going to learn how you put this property together. And I think, what was it? That huge place was... Mm -hmm. uh, was it like a million dollars or over a couple million dollars that it cost them to like the multi-unit place yeah. that you know i still talk about that place to this day because remember the basement units yeah they had the windows in the ceiling essentially right. they were like six hundred thousand. right that's what it basement was basement units right and i'm just i'm like they don't even have windows they can't even get sunshine <laughs> right <laughs> it's like you have a couple of windows but it's like just just seeing like somebody's gonna pay for it because of the work mm -hmm. that they put in into it and the quality mm -hmm. of it like you walk mm -hmm. into a room and it was maybe this whole unit had 16 rooms in it i think because mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. like it yeah. splits into different ways and you have mm -hmm. like three rooms in the basement mm -hmm. another on the next floor four rooms and if yeah. you're like if you want to be in the the roof suite where you have mm -hmm. you can walk out on your roof see mm -hmm. the that washington monument dollars those yeah, units that's what it was so the basement unit started at 600 i think it was like 650k yeah i'm like they can't even see outside <laughs> <laughs> But somebody's somebody bought it, you know. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that blew my mind. Yeah, yep. and man, the things you'll see. <laughs> it's like, and I mean, it just just to think, like, if we didn't decide to look at the positives from 2020 and remember mm -hmm. how it started, like, if we just focused on we didn't get the house, we didn't get the property, we would forget that. Hey, you could have been in a bigger hole. Like, <laughs> you, you could have been right. worse off. Like, right. hey, we're still here, thankfully. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of people mm -hmm. aren't for different reasons, right. and it's like we're still here. Like, I know. I tell you, I'm thankful like, that I didn't move forward with it because, yeah. you know, a lot of these landlord tenant issues and I've been following some of them mm -hmm. like it's heartbreaking. And from our perspective, we know both sides. You right. Know, right. Both arguments are valid. So where do you stand? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Whose side are you on? You can't pick a side because yeah. both sides are valid. So I'm just thankful that we're not in that hole and it's yeah. not something that we have to deal with and we can continue on with, you know, whatever we want to do. So, um, you know, we still have options. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. We still have focus. We still have the energy and we don't have to put energy in the negativity of, okay, I, I have tenants who can't pay their rent or, you know, just we don't have no we don't have to worry with those issues. Mm -hmm. I would like to know how some people are handling it though, you know, right. on both sides from our group. 
but yeah. I don't know anybody who um, who actually purchased. Mm. And the people that um, were purchasing were not purchasing in D.C. They were actually going back to Chicago. Gotcha. Because, um, you know, it was property there was less expensive and right. they could follow the model, the true model. Right, so, right. As that makes sense. To, to D.C. where and I wanted to do that mm-hmm. and um was really looking forward to doing that in March, but then yeah. <laughs> it kind of like blew up. It's like, no, I'm staying right here. <laughs> yeah. So are you, are you still connected with the DC group? You know what? They used to have meetups and mm-hmm. I stopped getting the notices. So mm. I don't know. I was wondering, and I said, I was actually going to look into that this weekend to see if they still had the meetups because okay. I don't know if because of the pandemic, Mm-hmm. Um, they stopped because they were meeting at a hotel. Right, right. So, and that was really beneficial. So I went to a couple of those. Mm-hmm. And then I think I went to about three of those. But then when COVID really hit, they yeah. had switch. And so um, they were doing, and it wasn't Zoom, it was some other um, vehicle that they were using. Gotcha. And did a couple of those. And I got the announcement for those, but I never had an opportunity to attend. And gotcha. then after that, I have not heard anything. So it's been a while since I've heard anything from them. Hmm. And cool. I imagine, you know, they're probably dealing with a lot as well because they own rental properties property too and the right. properties that they were working on were they able to sell mm. in time because you know they had the whole thing about getting the loan building right. up the property and selling it and yeah you know quick turnaround so I often wonder if they had even those units that we looked at yeah as especially that the big one it's like is yeah. that on the market or did it have to get put on hold that would yeah. be something I, I may reach out to them just just for that just to be able to ask mm-hmm. like how how have you been able to deal with this whole situation and is mm-hmm. that like is that something that you anticipated i know it's kind of weird to ask mm-hmm. that but it's like whenever you're going into stuff like do you ever think if everything just if the sky mm-hmm. just falls out like am i and, gonna you know i will hope that they would have um, plans in place, right? Yeah. So in case there's a work stoppage or, um, you know, they can't get permits from the city that they will have resources in place to sustain them. Right. So, but that, let me know what they say. That's okay. an interesting question. <laughs> I will. The, the, uh, I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. Well, it was great talking.